What a great worship, isn't it? Isn't our God awesome? Yes. Isn't He good to you? Yes. Have you felt the love of God this week? Yes. Amen. Let me read the scripture for you from Acts chapter 15. And I'm going to start from uh, uh, 20, 36. And I'll read it for you so you can, uh, we can let the word of God soak in and feed our soul. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Then they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. There are, there are many people that have made great impact in the world that they lived in and impacted many lives because they have been good steward of their time, talent, and treasure. Right? There are many people that have impacted the world that they live in and impacted the lives of many people because they were good steward of their time, talent, and treasure. And then there were people that transformed the world and the people that they encountered because they were good steward of their spiritual gifts. The divine gifts that God has given. And today as we read this passage, I want to talk about how you can live an impactful life and impact the lives of other people using the divine gifts that God has given to you. So I went to my doctor uh, this week and every year I do this year-round checkup of my body. I want to know my health is not because something's wrong with me, but I just go in every year and say, test my body, do all kinds of tests. So, you know, I fasted for about 10, 11 hours and went in and did all the tests. Uh, I don't like blood. I don't like needles in my thing, so I'm like this, and don't talk to me, just do whatever you have to do, and it was over, right? So I waited for the result, and the doctor sent an email to me yesterday, and the doctor said, your lab result look fantastic, great news, give up the good work and stay healthy, so much better from the last time, right? Right? Yes. Now... Why am I sharing this? It's because it's about stewardship. It's about stewardship of your body. It's about stewardship of your time. It's about stewardship of your relationship with your wife. Because I'm married with your kids, with the church members, the work that you do. It's about stewardship. In the world that everything is coming at you, uh, how 
Are you a steward of your body? How are you a steward of the gifts and talents and the spiritual gift that God has given to you? So my question to you is, how can I live an impactful life? How can I live an impactful life? How can I live a life that is full of meaning and purpose? Right? How can I live that is a life full of meaning and purpose? And I want to give you the context today here. The context is that then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren, which is the believers, brothers and sisters, uh, and visit this, our brother, every city we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. The word here is, let us go back. Where? To the 10 cities that they have visited in the first missionary journey. They want to go back to the 10 cities and visit the believers. Why do they need to go back? Because they were living in a precarious situation where the pagan world, the worldly world, can easily swallow them and envelop them and brace them and take them back to the old lifestyle. So the concern of Paul and Barnabas was to go back and see how these precarious new believers are living, right? And the word says, go back and see, see, look at what? In what ways they are living. In what ways they are keeping up to the word and teaching of Christ. How are they following the Lord Jesus Christ? In terms of Paul and Barnabas, this is stewardship of time. It's the stewardship of time. They're going to manage their time to go back to the ten cities because they had compassion for the people. Because they want to impact the lives of people. They want to transform the life of people. And they're going to use what? Their spiritual gifts, their time, their talent, and their treasure. And their treasure. So they were going back. Verse 36, as you read. Let's look at Paul a little bit. So, right after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, Paul had been destroying the church, breathing murder against the believer of Jesus Christ. For how many years? Three years. Right after the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus. For three years, he put women, children, men in prison and killed them for those because they were following the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Three years. Now, after the third year, the Lord Jesus Christ apprehended him. And he became a follower of Jesus Christ. Right? Followers of Jesus Christ. So this journey is happening within the ten years. In this ten years of his life, Paul has, God has transformed his life. And he is transforming people's life. And they have visited these 10 cities and changed the four provinces within 10 years. And revolution, transformation, this phenomenal change has been happening in a very short span of time. How did that happen? What happened? And we look at Paul. Because when you come here to this context, this is happening right after the conflict in Jerusalem. In the first conflict in the church, what was the conflict about? It was the conflict about that the Gentiles should be circumcised. 
And the Jewish people were saying, the Gentiles must be circumcised to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And that has negated all the works of the Holy Spirit that has fall upon, fell upon the Gentiles. Great miracles, great work of the Lord was negated because they were not circumcised. And this caused great conflict. So all the leaders and believers, most, they came to Jerusalem. It's called the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15. And Paul, Barnabas, Peter, they have to stand up and testify to the church leaders and the people that the Spirit of the Lord has done supernatural, miraculous things in the lives of people. And life been changed and touched. Well, the leaders listened. listened. The believers listened. And they could not oppose what the Holy Spirit of the Lord has done. So they decided that you should not eat food that was sacrificed to the idols, not involved in sexual immorality, and send them back. And there was great rejoicing. This is the conflict. How do we harvest contention and division in the church and multiply it. How can division lead to multiplication? In mathematic terms, it doesn't work that way. Division doesn't lead to multiplication. But in this case, division lead to multiplication. By that, I mean diversifying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Division of labor in the body of Christ can lead to the multiplication of His followers. Of the disciples of Christ. And we will see this here. We will see this here. So, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Stewardship is necessary. In fact, it's key for discipleship. Did you hear that? Stewardship is key to discipleship. It is to know what you are good at. It is to know what your strength is. That is very important. What you are gifted at. You may be doing a lot of things that you are not gifted at and have no result and impact. You got to find what's your strong point, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a manager, whether you work in the food industry, hospital, tech company. It applies to all of you and all of us. Stewardship is key to develop somebody. And that stewardship is to identify what your strength is. In this case, encouragement is a key gift of Barnabas. He is known as the son of encouragement. Right? So what Barnabas is seeing and analyzing and understanding is that John, Mark, need encouragement. John, Mark, need encouragement. Why? Because he had departed and left Paul and Barnabas in the first missionary journey. And Paul was not having it. This guy is not dependable. This guy has made mistakes. He left in the middle of a mission work and went back home. He is one guy that we're going to avoid next time. Not for Barnabas. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, is using his gift of encouragement. And John Mark needs encouragement more than Paul now. 
Because in the beginning, in Acts chapter 9, when the leaders of the church and the people had nothing to do with Paul, they were afraid and scared and they shunned him. Who was the one that came forward and encouraged Paul? Barnabas. It was him that took him to Jerusalem to the leaders and apostles and presented him to say this guy has been transformed and changed. So Barnabas used that same gift of encouragement to bring up Paul to be a leader now in his own standing. And Barnabas recognized that of John Mark. This young guy who had failed need encouragement and he was determined to take John Mark. You have to know your strength and use that strength to impact other people's life. Then you can live an impactful life. Stewardship is key to discipleship. Right? You get that? Right? Okay, so stewardship is key to discipleship. Now, let's go to Paul. Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who Mark, who had departed and gone. In these two cases, both of them are very determined. Right? Both of them are very determined. And this is important for the church to know. So contention and contentious is different. It's very different. You can have contention within the body of Christ and be determined and convicted of your gift and not agree. Why? Because all of us have different callings, giftings, and visions. Okay? So, my vision as a pastor of this church is going to be different from the five, six, seven pastors that have served this church. It's going to be very different. My calling is going to be different. My gifting is going to be different. And I'm going to use my vision, my gifting, and my calling in this moment, in this season. Will it content with you? Yes. Can it bring contention to the body of Christ? Yes. But do not be contentious about it. Don't have a personal fallout because of separation of gifts and callings and vision. Disagreement can lead to multiplication because you disagree on my vision and say, Oh, I have this vision. I'm going to follow my vision. Go for it. Go for it. Get the work of God done. It will lead to multiplication. But they were determined. They were determined. It's because they were convicted of who they were. Paul knew who he was. Barnabas knew who he was. And he knew his gift was encouragement. And for, and for uh, uh, Paul, he wrote later on, you will see in First Thessalonians, even in the, uh, the letter to Thessalonians, he said, um, do not be wary in doing good. Right? He writes that. And then he went on. But if a brother is not in the word, do not associate with him. But, but he said, don't be angry with him. Admonish him as brothers and sisters. See? Paul is using the gift of admonition. He's admonishing John Mark to say, I'm not going to have it what you did before. So there are two things in play here. One, positive action is required 
Okay? Positive action is required, and rebuking somebody is also required to let him or her grow in the Lord. So who is showing the positive action? Barnabas. Who is doing the rebuking? Paul. What was the result? The result was John Mark. Mark, the gospel writer. Do you get this? So if you're not strong in your conviction of who you are and what your gift is, you're not going to live an impactful life and you're not going to impact people's life. In this case, Paul could have said to Barnabas, right, since you are my mentor, since you were my mentor, since you vouched for me, okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm just going to follow you. Well, he didn't do that. You know why? Because spiritual matter is not emotional matter. You got to separate emotionals with spiritual things. The kingdom of God is not emotional matter. It's a spiritual thing. And God had uniquely designed who you are and gifted you with all the strengths and gift of who you are so you can be determined. Stand. Firm on it and use that gift. That way you can run your company. You can be a good manager. You can be a good team leader. You can be a good husband and wife at home. Because all of you are leaders. If you are in a house, you are a leader already. You are leading your wife, your husband. You are leading your children. But if you don't use this gift that God has given you, if you are not a good stewardship... Of your strength and gifting. The spiritual gift especially. That God has given you. Within the body of Christ. You cannot edify. The body of Christ. So. In this case. You can harvest contention and division. If there is no personal fallout. If you don't become contentious. Did the bond of love between Barnabas and Paul. Was it broken? No. It wasn't broken. Did they have a divorce in ministry? No. This competition did not lead to... No, no, no. This contention did not lead to competition. This contention was still a collaboration. What was the collaboration? Making disciples and strengthening the church. They were doing that. Yes? Yes. Amen. Amen. So stewardship... Requires faithfulness. Paul was faithful to his gifting. Barnabas was faithful to his gifting. One of the things that I ask our church members. Is. uh, What changes have you seen in our church? I've asked many people. And some of you have said. We have seen the change in faithfulness that's the word you used we have seen the change in faithfulness church if you're faithful in little then God will give you great greater things it comes to stewardship if you're good steward in the little things that God has given you And you start, you say, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. Well, you change the world by changing yourself first. 
right? You change the world by changing your family. You change the world by changing the community. You change the world by changing the country, or the state, or the nation, and the world. It starts little. And if you are not a good steward of the gifts that God has given you, how will He release you and unleash you the greater things in your life? So stewardship requires faithfulness. We have to be faithful. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. I'm, th- I'm letting you know here, one more thing. So I was talking to a pastor friend today, uh, yeah, this week, and I called and uh, said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing okay. Um, and uh, by the way, he said, I went to a parent-teacher conference. This is the first time I went with my wife uh, for my uh, kindergarten son. And it seems the teacher asked the young boy, uh, what does your father do? Uh, he's a pastor. And the son said, my father does everything my mother asked him to do. We had a great laugh. But I was preparing the sermon and I realized faithfulness, obedience is absolutely necessary to accomplish the work of God. Right? I mean, he, these guys, well, he's faithful, he loves his wife, faithful to his wife, so he's doing whatever the, ask, the wife asks him to do. If you translate this into a bigger, magnify it, from family to church to community to nation to country and to the world. And you can see how God will use this faithfulness to impact the lives of other people. So stewardship needs faithfulness. Stewardship needs faithfulness. So the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. In this case, now... Barnabas is going to go the same route that they had gone before. He's going to sail through Cyprus from Antioch in Syria and sail to Cyprus. Paul is going to go up north side to Cilicia and on land he's going to go the other way. This is two, the the contention had led to two missionary journeys. So the impact will be double. And multiplication. It's harvesting contention and division. And using different gifts. Using different gifts. Because stewardship precedes leadership. If you want to become a good leader at home, in your workplace, in your company, wherever you are, then you have to start by using and knowing how to use your gift and talents and spiritual gifts. Long before you become a leader. In fact, you can't become a good leader if you're not a good steward. If you're not a good steward of your body, then you know what will happen to your body. So, if you don't, if you're not a good steward of your spiritual gifts, you know what that will happen. In the parable of the talent, because the one with the one talent was not a good steward of the one talent, what happened to him? That was taken away. 
and given to the one who did well. And you say, I'm going to change the world. I want to impact people's life. We start using your gift. Be a good steward of your gift. And be convicted about it to the point where you will disagree with your pastor or with your leaders who come and say, oh, you're not good at this. Don't do this. And you say, no, this is my gift and I'm convicted. One of the things that God gives to me, your pastor, is for me to identify and see the gifting of other people. Right? And I've used this here at the church and in other churches too. I see people with their gift and I go to this unlikely person and say, will you do this? And some people may say, oh, I don't think he is the right person. But they will end up the right person because of their gifting. They may be an extrovert or introvert. It doesn't matter. People who have the gifting, if you utilize them, they will make an impact in people's life. And it is for me as a shepherd of this church to see that. Okay? So, identifying the gifts and utilizing it is a little different from discernment. You may discern the truth. But and be, instead of being positive, be negative about it. You discern that somebody is not doing well, going down the wrong way, this is not the right way. You can react in two ways. You can respond positively, react negatively, and tear down that brother or sister that he or she may be afraid to even venture out again to say, can I do this in the church? Can I volunteer for this? We have nipped a good leader there already. That's not what Barnabas did. If it was not for Barnabas, you're not going to have a John Mark who wrote the prolific gospel, the gospel of Mark. You see where this is coming? He made such an impact in the Christian world. This young John Mark who was a failure in the eyes of some leaders had made a foundational impact in our faith life today. Stewardship precedes leadership. You got to use your gift first. Manage it well. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Another thing is very important. I want to say this again. I was very excited for this sermon because these are key principle for us to for the church to become what Christ wanted us to be. Right? You guys been saying to me, Pastor, your sermon's been great. We really love your sermon. Your sermon's been great. It's hitting home. Uh, it's the word of God. It's not the sermon. It's, it's relaying the heart of God, what God wants our church to be. So this series is very, very important and vital. Right? And it may bring contention to some of our church members because you may disagree with my vision. You may disagree with my passion and with my calling. And that's okay. That is okay. But my vision for the church is that we become a faithful church in what? In the Word of God, in actions, in the teaching of Christ and following the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see the multiplication of the resurrected life in this church. Right? What is making disciple? Here, let me break it down for you. Making disciple, one of the things is to invite somebody to the greatest life. To invite somebody to live the greatest life. Why? Because my master, your master, has lived the greatest life and he wants to show you how to live the greatest life on earth. 
That is being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, follow me. Right? He didn't say, follow me or you go to hell. He didn't say that. He said, follow me. I have life and I'm going to give you life abundantly. So being a follower of Jesus Christ, making a disciple of Christ, is to invite somebody to live the greatest life they can live. Right? That is the gospel. The gospel does not have a negative prohibition. It is not good news. When you have a negative prohibition, you don't follow Christ, you go to hell. Jesus did not say that. He said, come follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. And if you follow me, you will have life abundantly. It doesn't mean money and wealth. It means abundance of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Having an impact in the lives of other people and living an impactful, full of meaning and purpose. That's the life that Christ invites us. That is making discipleship. That is making discipleship. It's not about pushing down the gospel. Be safe now. Or go to hell. That's not discipleship. I want to clarify that. Discipleship is what? Inviting somebody to live the greatest life here on earth and eternally. Right? You hear that, right? So if they ask you, What does it mean to make disciples? It means to invite someone to live the greatest life here on earth and after. That's the life that Christ offers. And we want that to happen. We want that to happen. So how how can we do this? Uh, Barnabas did this with Mark. How did he do? He took him to Cyprus. This is very wise. Why? Because Mark did well in Cyprus. Mark was with Paul and Barnabas till Cyprus. He left them in Pamphylia. But until Cyprus, he was doing great. So Barnabas took him to where he was doing great. Work with the strength of people. Work with the strength of people first. One of of the common Mistakes that we are prone to is we start working with the failure of people. We try to work on the weakness of people, put energy, put money in it, and trying to revive, you know, work with the strength first. But do not ignore the dark side. Right? So when you work with the strength, finally the dark side will be overcome. And that's how Mark was produced. And then for Silas, Paul took him. Why? Because Cilicia was the hometown. Both of them were Roman citizens. They know the language. They know the culture. Both Silas, Silvinus is not the name. And they went up. And what was the impact? The impact was great because Silas became the scribes for Peter. And Peter would say uh, to Silas that this is a faithful brother. The impact was great. The contention and the division lead to multiplication. So, stewardship. You may have a good intention. And good intention is different from execution, my friends. Good intention never produce good disciples. Good intentions never produce great church. Great intentions doesn't produce great workmanship. No. Intention is intention. 
It is not execution. It is not an action. Some people actually believe that you talk about the problem so much that you have done something about it. Everybody can talk about the problem. Everybody have a nice cat's phrase. But it's different from people that do the work. And people who do the work, they do quietly. Probably a job poorly done may be better than a good intention. So discipleship, you may have great intention about making disciples. But if there is no execution, it's just an intention. So stewardship needs workmanship. If you want to impact other people's lives, if you want to transform people's lives, then you have to use your gifts. You don't intend to use your gift. You execute upon it. Have a plan of action to follow through. How are you going to do it? My wife and I, both of us didn't have a father growing up. My wife never saw her father. My father died when I was 11. We have a big void in our life. We had. Until we encountered the Father. Our Heavenly Father who said the same thing to us. In a very different time, different space. Who said to me, I will be your father. And he said to my wife, I will be your father. And so these two misfits got together. And landed up here in Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Right? But it is very clear to both of us. That we have been called by the Father to show the love of the heart of the Father to other people. And to that end, we persevere, we endure, and we'll do things. People may say, oh, you husband and wife are serving together in the church. How does that work out? I am her greatest supporter. She is my greatest supporter. And we have one vision. We have one goal. We have one calling. And we have diversity of gifts. That can really impact the kingdom of God. And we serve Christ. I know we're here in this church, but we serve God. We are serving God. We are serving in His kingdom to make an impact in His kingdom. For me, I see a great point. To have a wife who prays for me, who works with me, who loves people and wants to see transformation in people's life. I'm not fighting with her every day on different vision and calling. We have one mind, one calling, and unified in working together with God. Working together with God. So the impact is Mark, the author of Gospel of Mark. When Paul was going to die, he said, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. So he is useful to me for my ministry. The useless boy has become a useful one to even Paul. How did that happen? Because somebody was a good steward of their gift. And here, Peter also called, say, She who is in Babylon and elect together with you, greet you. So does Mark, my son. Peter called Mark, my son, just as Paul called Timothy, his son. What about Silas? Silas became the stripes of Peter. Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him. Faithful brother. What is, if you can describe one with one word, the explosion, the phenomenal 
breathtaking expansion of the church and disciples in the early church, if there is one word, if you can describe it, it comes down to faith. It comes down to faith. And the faithfulness of the people that were there. If you are faithful in being a good steward to the gifts and talents that God has given you, you can impact other people's lives. You can live an impactful life. You can change the community where you live in. You can change your workforce. You can change your team. You can change your company. It begins with being a good steward of who you are. Right? Let us invite uh, our worship band so we can have a worshipful time. Please remember, you are to invite somebody to live the greatest life they can live here on earth and hereafter. And that's the good news. And God has equipped you to do that. Impact the lives of other people. Live an impactful, purposeful, meaningful life. How about that? Yes, awesome, yes. Let's stand together.